Good afternoon, people. This is the Hybrid Club. It's your boy Caesar. Hope all is good. Um, just here with a look ahead to the game against Fulham on the weekend. Game four of the Premier League at home at the Emirates. Three wins. What can you say? I mean, it's a great start to the to the Premier League season. Really excited, looking forward to it. So yeah, let's take a look at what's going on in terms of Fulham. You know where you can find us on the socials at the Hybrid Club. You can also find me at Caesays, C-E-A-S-E-S-A-Y-S. So let's get going. So obviously, as we said, it's a London derby this weekend, um, Arsenal versus Fulham. Now here's the thing. Ordinarily, this is one of my favourite fixtures ever because more often than not, Fulham are a team you expect to pick up three points from. They are the quintessential nice ground to go to, nice away day, nice home day. They're a team who, when Arsenal play Fulham, I expect a win. However, this Fulham isn't necessarily that Fulham. Now, I'm not saying we're not going to win, and I'm not saying we shouldn't win. I'm just saying that this Fulham have a little bit more bite, a little bit more steel, and a little bit more nous than some of the Fulham sides before. So we'll touch a little bit on that. Um, in terms of where we're at with ourselves, obviously we know that Reese Nelson's out uh, with her injury, but otherwise the squad is as we expect. Um, waiting for news from the uh, Arteta press conference to see what what's said. If you know in the last last round of training, if there's any new new niggles or injuries that have been picked up, but for the most part, we're ex- we're expecting the squad to be as is. Um, given that it's the early part of the season, one game a week. Um, hopefully there there isn't too much in terms of physical load on the players to to have caused any injuries. Um, saw some of the pictures and videos from training recently. Uh, Vieira looking very sharp in training, which is great to see. Obviously, he had the 45 minutes with the under-21s uh, the other week, but otherwise looks to be coming along nicely, and it will be interesting to see if he gets some minutes in this game to acclimatise him to the Premier League, uh, because we're getting to the stage of the season in a few weeks where we're going to need to start to rotate. And so we'll need him to be a little warmed up before he steps into some of those games. But in terms of the starting lineup, I'm expecting the exact same starting lineup, unless something's gone wrong in training or unless there's, you know, just generally been some movement in terms of the application and intensity. Um, I wouldn't expect any different. I don't think this is the game where Arteta tries to switch up what we do in any real um, significant way to counteract the threat Fulham has. I suspect it will be very much again about us imposing our principles and our footballing style on the game and trying to dominate Fulham rather than making any, ta- any tactical tweaks. There are some subtle tactical tweaks that I do wonder whether we'll see in this game, but again, we'll come on to those. Um, Fulham normally play with a 4-2-3-1 that turns into a 4-1-4-1 um, during the game. You might see uh, Palinha and Pereira um, sort of coming to be part of the attacking four, as it were, if you want to call it that, um, behind Mitrovic. And they played very well in recent games, um, particularly against Liverpool, uh, where they picked up the 2-2 draw at the start of the season. So expect to see them do a little bit more than just provide a a deep block in in front of defence. They're very much going to be snapping into challenges, putting our players under pressure and trying to make it difficult for us to get our, our passing game going. So very much look for that as well as their quality and technical ability on the ball. Um, But yeah, obviously the Burn Leno derby. We know that the uh, once Arsenal goalkeeper is back in town and I'm expecting him to fully get a decent reception. I'm expecting him to be in the starting lineup as well. Um, 
so yeah, that'll be good. And providing he doesn't make any last minute penalty saves to deny us the win, I suspect he'll leave the stadium a, a fan favourite too. Um, but honestly, looking at the game, looking at the potential formations, I don't see any reason, again, barring any um, injuries to any Fulham players that we might hear about, I don't think there'll be too much difference in the in the way they approach it. They had a loss, they've had a lot of success, you know, they've had a win, two draws, no losses. It's currently sitting seventh in the table. So that's a very good start for Fulham. And for a side who are newly promoted and are one of the sort of potential yo-yo sides of the league, they'll be looking to try and pick up as many points as possible to try and keep them up. And they've done that so far. They've taken points against teams that they're maybe not expected to, particularly in the, from the point of Liverpool. So um, they will provide us a bit of a test as well. Um, speaking of Mitrovic, you've got to listen. Not not this weekend, because this weekend he is very much the enemy. But you've got to love it, right? Everyone sort of, can Mitrovic do it in the Prem? And he starts off the season brilliantly, playing fantastic, getting goals, leading the line, working hard, bullying defenders. Um, so we're going to be in for it. We're going to be in for a game. In particular, there's one aspect of his game that very much will play on the fact that... Um, play on on if there is a weakness in our side currently his his uh, approach to the game will very much play on that um in terms of the Fulham side obviously spoke about Bern Leno coming in Issa Diop from West Ham Kevin and Babu from Wolfsburg obviously spoke about Pereira from Manchester United after a brief stint back in South America Jao Paulinho from Sporting Lisbon um so they've had a good window the additions of Paulinho and Pereira have really strengthened their midfield and sort of they've slotted straight in, haven't looked out of place, really good on the ball, technical ability, worked really hard, put players under pressure. So exactly what Fulham will be wanting. But with that touch of technical quality, they got Burn Leno for an absolute steal. I mean, it honestly, daylight, daylight fucking robbery they they got him for. But what can you do ultimately is what it is. Um, but they they have needed to strengthen their defense. Now the only thing about them is Mitrovic is probably their only recognized striker within their squad. So they really are going to be relying on him unless they make some movements in the January transfer window. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. They did heavily rotate. Um, they lost earlier this week to Crawley in the League Cup. Um, so, you know, they ultimately, I'm guessing, were willing to sacrifice that competition um, to focus on trying to get as many points as possible in the league. Or alternatively, they looked at that rotated squad and thought that's good enough to beat Crawley. It wasn't. Um, they were resoundingly beaten. It wasn't close. They had their moments, but it wasn't close. Um, but that being said, in terms of the league, they've had a good start. Um, not as good as us, of course. First three games, as I said, three wins. Only team to take all points from all opening games. Um, I mean, I personally, like you, I'm still, like you all, I'm still riding the wave of those first three games. It's not just about the wins. Um, it's always about the wins, but it's not just about the wins. It's about the performance. It's about the character. It's about... The, the way we were able to stay resilient against Palace, the way we were able to not be rattled or by by Leicester and, and come back at, at the moments when they were trying to get back into the game. It's the way we absolutely dominated Bournemouth on the South Coast last weekend. So we did everything that was expected of us with every challenge we faced since the start of the Premier League season. This is just another challenge. And yeah, there's going to be some of you saying, Fulham, we should, we should roll them over. But as I said, this is going to be a very, very, very different game, I think, from previous games to Fulham. I think I would very much love for it to be a 4-0 roasting in the sun where we absolutely blow them off the park. Very much love if that was the case. But I suspect it's going to be a bit, a bit trickier this time. Um, so, yeah, it, it will be interesting. I mean, I spoke about Fulham pulling into a 4-1, 4-1 with Mitrovic at the top. 
It may be they start off with quite a deep defensive line, but I do expect them to snap into challenges and try to get in our players' faces, get our players uncomfortable, stop us settling on the ball and, and getting those partnerships going. Because if they can do that and they can unsettle us, they can disrupt the flow of our game, they can also catch us on the break. And I think this is where there's going to be important work, particularly when it comes to the back post. Now, Mitrovic is very good in the air, as I think you've all seen um, from his goals uh, this season, particularly against Liverpool. And if you look at that goal against Liverpool, you'll notice he came in on the back post, up against Trent, got over him on the back post header and uh, granted fortunate, fortunate touch in that move, powered the header into the net. Considering we leave a lot of space in the channels in our defensive third, because of course our our fullbacks step into midfield, um, leaving sort of doing a 2-3-5 or maybe a 3-2-5, um, that leaves those channels with a lot of open space. And you remember in the Palace game, Anderson did it. In the Leicester game, it's Evans did it. Uh, defenders picking up the ball and trying to play those uh, diagonal crossfield balls over our uh, fullbacks head into the channels for uh, trying to run into that space. And of course, as we've said before, the likes of Gabriel and Saliba, brilliant one-on-one defenders, it's their job basically to mitigate that risk. If we're going to be pushing players forward to try and um, execute Arteta's positional play plan, then we're going to need those players who can basically snuff out challenges on the, on the other end when teams are coming at us in transition. Given Mitrovic, Mitrovic's strength, don't be surprised if you see um, Fulham try to take advantage of that, snap into challenges, win the ball back, quickly play it down the channels and whip in across. And don't be surprised if you see Mitrovic trying to get on the back post, um, either trying to outjump um, Ben White or Zinchenko, depending on the side of the, the, the pitch that he's coming from, the size of the box that he's coming from. And this is where it's going to be really important. We know that Zinchenko isn't the greatest one-on-one defender. And if it was a duel in the box in the air between Zinchenko and Mitrovic. I suspect Mitrovic might get the uh, the better of him on that one, as good as Zinchenko's been. So we do really need to be careful to try and snuff out those crosses before they come in, because if it's a back post duel, we'll see what happens. I reckon Ben White would have a better chance, but Mitrovic is still really good in the air. So that's an area we need to be, need to be cautious of. Not to mention, Saliba has been brilliant since he started. Absolutely brilliant, done fantastically well. But challenging in the air is one of the areas he needs to work on so again it might be that Mitrovic uh, tries his chances against the young defender seeing if he can get any joy um so it's going to be very much trying to stop them transition trying to stop those balls coming in the box and just trying to defend in a way that ultimately we don't want Mitrovic getting the ball we want to stop those balls coming in we want to stop those challenges coming and I suspect a big part of that will be us dominating our style of play um on them essentially and I think if we can do that we can mitigate that risk and that brings me to us because ultimately this is an Arsenal podcast this is what we're here to talk about because I very much expect the the starting lineup to be the same I think we're going to see the exact same thing so Ramsdale signed wider passes directly into our midfield or out to the flanks um, or build up play through the likes of Ben White either carrying it into the midfield and giving it off or balls over the top as well. Now, the beautiful thing is because of the style of play we have and because of the players we now have and the increase in technical ability, we can do it in multiple different ways. So we've got those sidewise passes from, from Ramsdale directly into Martinelli's feet, for example. We've got the balls over the top from Ben White, Crossfield. Um, we've got, you know, the progression play up the field. We can do the horseshoe, but we can do the intricate play, create the, the, the triangles on the edge of the pitch between Saka, Erdegaard and Jesus, or between Jesus, Shaka 
and Martinelli. Equally, with the likes of Ben White providing support in midfield to Zinchenko, we can really compress the midfield and attacking thirds and keep uh, Fulham boxed in, keep playing our passes, keep them moving, switch, switching the ball from side to side, disrupt their shape, create that space, and that's where you see some of the goals we've scored. So that's very much going to be the approach. Try and use, trying to use different uh, movement, different approaches to, to build up, to try and unsettle Fulham, to try and get them to lose their shape, lose their discipline. And then once that happens, players like Saka, Erdegaard, Jesus, you know what they can do. We've seen it all season. It is fantastic. So honestly, that's that's what I'm expecting. Um, the fact is, it's a London derby. Fulham will be up for it. Of all of the sort of so-called um, big six, over the years, it's felt very much like clubs coming to, to play us, see us as the free lunch. You know, there was a time when people were scared of United, less so now. I think we've seen the amount of times they've been beaten away from home, the amount of so-called smaller teams who've gone to the to, to Old Trafford and taken points off them. I think United have lost that fear factor. Um, but for the most part, you know, teams are a bit weary going to big six teams. But I feel like we've always been the one that teams have looked at as a free lunch. People thought they could rattle us. People thought they can get under our skin. We've built a new squad, a really, really young squad, but one that's really, really strong, really technically gifted. And so I'm hoping that we can be resilient to any challenges we might face and keep doing what we've been doing. And what we've been doing is brilliant. Now, with that being said, we've played three games in the Premier League already. We now are scoutable. We're now in a position where teams can see how we play, see what we do and figure out ways to counteract us. And Marco Silva's done a brilliant job with Fulham so far. So now he's had an opportunity to take a look and figure out ways. And so I, I do think those channels are where we'll be, where we'll be attacked. But it'll be interesting to see if Fulham uh, find an effective way of trying to counter our ball, and if they do, whether Arteta's sort of a way to counter their counter. So this is where the art of the tactics comes into it, and, and so I'll be really interested to see that. In terms of what I'm hoping for in this game, so with Bournemouth, I was very much hoping for dominance, total and utter dominance. I wanted our foot on their neck, and that's exactly what I got. Here, I'm hoping for something similar, but I'm really curious to see exactly how we go about dealing with Fulham because I do think they've got a little bit more about them than Bournemouth do so I'm interested to see whether or not we can apply that dominance in another game but more importantly how can I put this I really want to see us have a team like Fulham come come to the Emirates and think they can get points off us and we shut that down I kind of want to see us have you ever seen um have you seen like a i don't know like a thriller or a horror where the villain sort of catches i know catches a good guy or whatever and is just no i was actually that's going to get dark basically the point is what i'm really looking for is to see us take the hope from them i want to see that that look of life leave their eyes as they realize they can't be us Right, because you know, like I said, Palace thought they could have us, Leicester thought they could have us, teams think they can have us. I want to see that moment of realization when Fulham realize, oh, we thought this would be different. No, this is just like the other times. This is no different. And that's really what I want to see. What am I expecting? A tough game. Honestly, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm expecting Fulham to probably be the most difficult game we've had so far. And that sounds really silly given how good a team Palace are. Um, but I think 
as I said, we've we've had a chance to be scouted. They're better than Bournemouth. Leicester really went on it. Palace were, were a good side and we withstood that test. I do think this will probably be the toughest game of the season so far. So I'm curious to to see how it goes out. But that's kind of what I'm expecting. And what am I worried about? Honestly, I'm not actually, as much as I've said it, I'm not worried about Fulham. I'm really not. As far as I'm concerned, I see no reason we can't beat them. I see absolutely no reason we can't walk out of the Emirates with three, four goals, having absolutely dominated them, just decimated them, left them crying in the corner because they just couldn't keep up with us. I see no reason for that. However, what I'm worried about is overconfidence. We have a very, very young side, very young playing team. And what I don't want us to do is get overconfident because we've had a few good results and we're the only team who've taken maximum points and everyone else is looking a bit shaky and picking up points off each other. That's not what I want to see. I don't want to see... We've seen it sometime with the, sometimes with Arsenal teams in the past, some of the young sides in the past, where they're playing brilliant football, beautiful football, they're knocking it about, teams can't live with us. And they just get a little bit overconfident because they think it's going to be easy. And I just, I don't want that. I don't want to see this side start to drink the Kool-Aid, start to really believe, you know, I, I want them to feel like they have to earn every single point and I don't want it to feel like it's easy for them because it's not easy. And the moment they start to take it easy, that's when they run into problems. So what I'm more worried about isn't actually Mitrovic or Fulham or anything they've got going on. I'm worried about us being overconfident and I'm hoping we won't be. We seem to have brought in, you know, some really good players in the likes of Jesus and Zinchenko, but not just because of their technical ability, not just because of their work rate, but also because of their mentality. And it's something that we saw through all of nothing that Arteta was trying to instill on these players. And it's some of the messaging we've seen come out from the likes of Ramsdale, from the likes of Erdegaard, you know, from the manager himself saying, we haven't achieved anything yet. We've not done anything. It's three games. We've started well. We want to keep it going, but we've not achieved anything yet. So don't get me wrong, I'm loving it. I'm absolutely enjoying it. I want to keep enjoying it. But we haven't done anything yet. So, you know, as I said in one of the previous pods, I want us to keep going in terms of racking up points in this part of the season. Because there'll come a point in the season where the games get tougher. And that's where points start to get dropped. We can't drop points like this. You remember last season. You remember that game against Everton. You remember that game against United. You remember Palace. You remember Brighton. You remember Southampton. We can't drop these points, right? Top four, so close last season. I'm expecting the exact same thing this season. These are games we cannot drop points in. So I don't want overconfidence. I want us to go into it exactly as we've gone into every other games we've gone into this season. And I just want us to dominate. And if we can focus, if we can do exactly what it is uh, that we set out to do, then there is absolutely no reason we can't walk out of the Emirates with three points, a bag of goals, feeling great, and singing the Saliba song all over again. So yeah, that for me is very much what I'm looking forward to. That's what I'm thinking. That's how I'm feeling about things at the moment. But um, we'll see how it goes. So yeah, um, it's another it's another important reason that um, I'm looking forward to this game as well. It's a game at home at the Emirates where the crowd has really started to foster a relationship with the fans. Now, obviously, this started last season when the team, you know, after the after that bad start, um, we put together a run of games and people started to be able to see what it was Arteta was trying to do. Um, now, I'm not going to get into whether or not people should have been able to see it already, but let's face it, three games, no wins, no goals. It's understandable that people are cynical, but obviously we brought in the, the final signings we need to make for the window. And you saw that once the players had recovered from COVID and we had some of the injuries back, you saw the football we started to play. 
but that was just when we had the starting eleven and maybe a couple of players on the bench um, to go to who who Arteta really trusted. We now have that depth of squad. The belief um, grew and grew through last season, and despite how disappointingly last season ended, that doesn't seem to have carried on into this season. This season, people seem to have come into it with belief, with that feeling of of um, attachment to the squad. And I, in part, I think that's down to a couple of things. One is the fact that we've had a very, very good transfer window. So we're not going into the last week of the transfer window trying to do all of our important business. Our important business got done early. And so I think for fans, that sees number one, that shows number one, the club is serious. But it also means that we can see those players come pre-season, they bed in. And ultimately, you're not panicked, you're not worried about going into the season because you can see what we're doing. You can see the players there, you can see how they fit, you can see the manager's plan. And so that feeling really carries you, you know, carries forward because you can say, okay, it's pre-season, look how well they're doing. Yeah, this is good. This is a good start. We're, we're serious. We mean business. And I think that's, that's part of the reason why the bad feeling from last season didn't linger and didn't carry over as much. The other thing is how well the pre-season and start season has gone. Nothing dictates the way fans feel more than results. It, it's just the way it is. We talk about when they see performance and players putting in a shift and you know caring about the badge. It's a results-orientated business. You can have 11 Carl Jenkinsons running around the field. No disrespect to Carl. Love the guy. Live the dream. But I promise you, you would feel very differently about the team if you had 11 Carl Jenkinsons running around. I don't doubt the guy's commitment for a bit, but let's face it, there are levels. Um, and he's found his level, which is fine. Um, but we have a squad of supremely talented, technically gifted players and that was borne out and shown through preseason, and it's shown in the start of the season. And so it's very easy to get on side with the team when you see them play the way they can play right now. Um, you've also got to add the fact that we now have, you know, players like William Saliba, Zinchenko, Jesus. So it's not just the quality, it's it's what they add to the team. It's the depth that we now see. When we look at the bench, we're not seeing Salah Adin and Zach Swanson, uh, Alex Kirk, getting, you know, uh, being our only options off the bench if something were to happen. We're now seeing, you know, players who are in our starting lineup last season are on our bench. Tom Yasu's on the bench. Uh, Tierney's on the bench. Players who were starting last season are now our depth. And that's only a good thing because that means there's competition. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing more of that excitement and that feeling at the Emirates this weekend. I'm looking forward to fans showing up and supporting the side um, because as much as it's about the football, as much as it's about the results, for me personally, and I'm just speaking about for me, I love the connection, I love the cohesion, I love the community, I love when the fan base is getting on and there's no stupid arguments, this person in, this person out, it's just nonsense. Just support the team. And so I'm really enjoying the fact we're in this moment and I kind of just want to keep enjoying the fact we're in this moment. That's really what I want. Um, so I'm really looking forward to the game for that reason as well. And I'm also looking forward to seeing who else maybe gets some minutes. I kind of want to see what happens with Eddie, because um, obviously we know he's going to get some minutes in Europa League. We know he's going to get some minutes in the, the League Cup. Um, but he's going to want those Premier League minutes. And he signed a new contract. He got the number 14 shirt. And look, he was under no illusions. He knew Jesus or a Jesus type was coming in. So he knew he was going to have a battle on his hands for the starting spot. He knew it wasn't a given. And if anything, he probably knew that someone was coming in to take the starting spot. But um, 
I really want to, I really want him to get a goal and get off the score sheet early um, this season. I don't want us to get to 10 games in and he hasn't scored a goal. Um, I really want to see Vieira play his first game. And wouldn't it be great for Fabio Vieira? You know, imagine, sun is shining, we're winning 3-0. Um, Vieira comes off the bench, round of applause. And, you know, he sets up the assist for Jesus for the fourth. Like, wouldn't that just be brilliant? Wouldn't Isn't that just what you want to see? So I'm looking forward to seeing who comes off the bench, um, how they can make an impact, seeing some of those players get a game. And it's another reason why I want us to kind of not be overconfident, to be serious, to be professional and, and see this game out and try and take the points and try and win it and dominate it early is because, you know, if we're able to be 3-0 up, 4-1 up um, with... 30 minutes to go we don't have to do have a situation where Arteta makes three substitutes on the 82nd minute he can rotate earlier because barring anything silly happening we've won the game we've won it early we killed their spirits and we're in control so that's another reason I want to see that because I don't want a situation where we only rotate the squad when it's needed because players coming in are coming in cold so you want them to be able to be warm to feel part of the group um, to have had got some minutes and be playing well. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that rotation and just seeing that connection. Um, so yeah, connection with the fan base, rotation in the squad, people getting opportunities and just seeing how they how they do. So those are all the things that I'm I'm looking forward to and thinking about going into this game. Um, but yeah, do you know what? Get in touch. Let me know your thoughts, what you think about, how you're feeling about the game, what you're expecting. As I said, I'm expecting an Arsenal win. I'm expecting nothing but an Arsenal win. I'm expecting a tough game, but I want to see us be professional, not get overconfident and do the job because this is a team we should be being regardless of how well they started. This is a team we should be beating. So yeah, anyway, that's it for part one. Part two, just going to talk a bit more about some of the stuff going on at the club at the moment and then we'll, uh, we'll get out of here for the day. Speak to you soon, people. Hello, people. It's your boy Caesar here and this is part two of the Highbury Club podcast. Got the game against Fulham uh, on the weekend. Honestly, I love London derbies. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm quite happy with the teams that came up this season. You know, Fulham, Bournemouth, Nottingham Forest, particularly Forest. I feel like they are a quintessential Premier League side who we have not seen in the Premier League. We need we need a team like Forest back. But generally, I quite like it when, uh, and this is this is my bias showing. I'm London based, obviously. This is, uh, I very much like it when we we have London-based teams or or teams in the Southeast, purely because it's easier for the team to get there and get that, but also because I feel like we we kind of have a decent, you know, decent uh, shot against London teams. There's only a couple who have really caused us problems, but for the most part, we tend to do well against uh, against teams from, from the city, I feel. Maybe the stats don't bear that, I don't know, it's just how I feel. Um, so yeah, Fulham Arsenal is a is a, is a game I always look forward to, particularly when it's at Craven Cottage, but especially when it's at the Emirates because it's just it should just be a beautiful day, particularly Fulham in the summer. So that's that's I'm really looking forward to that. Um, but obviously there is besides the game, there's just a lot going on around the club at the moment. Obviously Nicola Pepe is should be as far as we know in Nice uh, to either have or soon to have his medical ahead of his um his loan move. And the reporting coming out suggests that he seems to have taken a bit of a hit on his wages to be able to make the move happen, which is fantastic because it shows he's a motivated player who wants to go revive his career um, back in France and show what he can do. And that's exactly what you want to see. Now, don't get me wrong. 
you know, I'm not one of those people who's sort of always on about players and what they earn and blah, blah, blah. Ultimately, for them, it's a job. They have to get paid. No, pro- no problem with that whatsoever. Um, but it's just nice that one of the things that would have been a sticking point with any move for Pepe, permanent or otherwise, would have been his salary. So the fact that he's willing to, to take less money, which it looks like is the case, um, I think bodes well. So that's, that's fantastic. But it does mean that there's maybe another spot. Now, he wasn't in squad last week because this deal was being negotiated. Um, is there a spot for Marquinhos um, to maybe step in? And, you know, again, not expecting any minutes. It's very much uh, early days and he's got to settle in. But I do wonder, you know, ultimately it's going to come down to training, right? He was training with the first team. Um, you know, reports coming out of the club suggest that he's settling in very well. He's demonstrating a lot of promise. There's a lot of good feedback coming out about him. But ultimately... It's very much a case of early days. He's got to get adjusted, et cetera, et cetera. It's great that there's a young group of um, of his sort of national counterparts there to help him sell, which is fantastic. Um, you know, I, I don't know if any of you have ever moved to another country. Moving to another country without a support system is, is tough. Now, don't get me wrong. Professional footballers make a lot of money. The club do a lot for them, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not exactly like traveling, you know, abroad um, the way that a lot of people have to do it. But it's still a daunting thing, particularly for someone so young. So it's nice to see that that support system's there. But on the football side of things, reports are that he's doing very well. So I wonder, Pepe out, you know, Marquinhos in. There is obviously the talk about the mystery winger. I doubt that's happening in time for for whoever that is to be involved on the weekend. Um, so until such time as that person's in, could be a spot on the bench for him. And if there's a spot on the bench for him, then there could be, a, you know, a, a few minutes in the game for him, depending on how it goes. You never know. Um, but really, I think if we're talking about any Portuguese-speaking player this weekend, I think everyone is going to be very excited to see if Vieira gets a game. Um, there was a there was a time uh, years ago now where if a, if a player featured prominently in sort of the training videos or pictures, you pretty much could guess that they were going to you know have something to to say say in the game. But um, you know, since Arteta's come in, he's been very very adamant about not having um anything given away uh, from any of the sort of media that goes out and content that goes out giving absolutely nothing away tactically that anyone could use um, which is quite funny to picture you know teams scouting departments scouring the Arsenal websites for with a magnifying glass to see who was wearing what bib and who might be start I mean let's face it the way we play positional play the starting lineup it's been the same for the last few weeks I don't think it's going to be tricky for teams to figure out what we're going to do you know, if us as fans, if we can spy a mile off, then with the amount of information and data teams have, I'm sure they can do it even more. Um, but yeah, but it will be interesting to see if Vieira can have an impact and can get on the field and just to see what he can do. You know, when he played 45 minutes with the under-21s along with the middle Smith row, someone else we haven't spoken about much of actually, when he, when he got on the field, he looked good. Nothing outstanding, nothing that made you sort of jump out of your chair and you know, swear that you were converting to the church of Fabio Vieira, that nothing, nothing so grandiose, but there were a few moments, um, you know, there was one particularly uh, nice and well-timed lofted ball over the top to Smith Rowe that played him in for an attacking run forward. Um, but he does look like a very tidy player. He looks like he's a player who does the basics well, who keeps the ball moving and who moves opposition players around and creates openings and can play well in tight spaces. So realistically, he looks like the exact kind of player we want 
in that final third, whether it's wide right or one of the uh, one of the eight positions. So I'm kind of curious to see if he gets on and in what circumstances, because of course the kind of substitutions Arteta might make is going to be dependent on game state. Um, you saw last season that there were some games that players performed in better when they were coming on than others. So if you're chasing a game, yeah, you bring on Nicola Pepe. But if you're defending a lead, mm, not so much of a good idea as we remember from the Wolves game and conversely the the Villa game. Um, so what's the, what's the case of the players we have? Uh, for example, I think we've seen a little bit of that already with the likes of Kieran Tierney in the Palace game when um, Palace started to target Zinchenko's side a little bit and Zinchenko looks like he was tiring a little bit because, let's face it, he was working very hard. Um, brought on Kieran Tierney and boom, defensive lock. You know, they just were not getting past him at all. And in fact, he, you know, played a part in the goal we scored to make it 2-0 and kill the game. Um, so it looks to me like there's a chance that some of the substitutes will be, uh, how can we put it, they'll be, they'll be very effectively used depending on the game state, which again, sounds obvious, but you understand my point in the sense of some players will be more likely to come on at certain points in the game, depending on what's going on. So I'll be curious to see whether Fabio Vieira is more of a, we want to get a few more goals, let's check him on and see if we can kill the game, or whether he's more of a, we're under the cosh and we want to take back control, so we bring him on to get our foot on the ball and impose our style of play. Or maybe it's just a, we're winning the game and let's give him a run out and get him used to Premier League football. I am genuinely, genuinely curious. Um, so it will be interesting to see because ultimately we need to get these players involved. We need to get the minutes. He can't just keep training and never be involved in the game day. So at some point he's going to have to, to make his debut. And hopefully, you know, like I said, we can impose ourselves on Fulham and he can make that debut sooner rather than later. Um, similarly, I really want to see Smith Rowe get some more minutes. Ultimately, just because he's a really good player, a really, really good player. You know, we gave him the number 10 for a reason and he fully des deserves it. Um, you know, up until his injuries last season, was it, was getting the goals a bit of a different player to Martinelli. Now, don't get me wrong. With the way Martinelli has started this season, he is a lock for that left side, for that left side of space. He is a lock. There is no doubt about it. Unless his form has dipped in training, there is no reason he should be being dropped at all. So... It's not a case of one versus the other. And that's actually, I'm going to divert. I'm going to divert because that's something I do actually really want to talk about. Fans, um, we, we've we had a team that a lot of us has felt has been trash for a long time. I don't know about you guys, but I've been saying the words blow it up for a while, right? This squad was bad for so long. And it's not that all of the plays were rubbish. It's just that, they either didn't fit, it wasn't coherent, you know, some of them were lacking in areas that others weren't. They, it was just a mess. It was a hodgepodge of a mess. It was gone off gumbo. So I just, I wanted to blow it up for a long time. And I'm not just talking Emery, I'm talking late, late Wenger. You, you remember that League Cup final against Manchester City? That was appalling. And I know it's City, but it was terrible, genuinely terrible. Honestly, Take yourself back and watch that again if you want to make yourself miserable. So because we've had to do the whole blow it up thing and we've had to rebuild the squad, there's things that we now have to get used to. And I mean this sincerely when I say as a fan base, we have to get used to having a squad full of good players where we have players on the bench who are good enough to actually start. That is what we have to get used to. So if your favourite isn't starting, it doesn't mean that Arteta's a fraud and should be fired. It doesn't mean that he hates the player and, 
we have competition for places now. Um, so when I say I want to see um, Smith Rowe get minutes, I do, but I like the competition. I like the fact that we can take Martinelli off and bring Smith Rowe on. I like the fact that we can take Ben White off and bring Tom Yasu on, take Zinchenko off, put Tierney on. I love the fact that we can take Shaka off and put Tierney on and push Zinchenko into midfield. We've got options. It doesn't matter. But I love the fact that we've got that. But as fans, we need to adjust to that because this is a squad game. I do think, particularly with the amount of money that is now in the Premier League, I think particularly with the move to five subs and just the sheer amount of physical load and intensity of games, the amount of games, you know, particularly with the increasing games in the international level, increasing games in European football, football is very much going to become even more of a squad game. I do think we're going to get to the stage where we have players who start games well, players who finish games well, players whose roles are there to do specific things against specific opponents. Um, you know, it's going to be a squad game. It's not about starting eleven. It's not even about the players who start. It's not about the players who finish. It's about the squad. You've got to think about it. Not in, You go game by game in the sense of how you manage the emotions and the pressure and the stress. But it's about the squad and it's about the full season, August to May. It's about the whole thing. So I'm really, um, I really just want to press upon that because it's very easy to see the starting lineup and to say, why isn't that person? Why isn't that? Maybe not now. I think we all agree that the starting lineup you know, I don't want to speak for other people. Maybe some of you disagree. If so, get in contact. Let me know why you disagree. But I think a lot of us would agree that the starting lineup we have now is the correct one. I I would be surprised to see someone argue that there is something we should be doing different, other than maybe a new signing and slotting one of the new signings in, which at this stage, debatable whether or not we'd, we'd be able to bring in a player who is a genuine upgrade on anyone who's starting at the moment. Um, but... That being said, I do think the starting lineup we have is the starting lineup, but I do think we've got players who, if any one of these players in the starting 11 drop their levels, we have players who can step in and, and replace them. And that is exactly what I want to see. Not just because, you know, it's about being a tyrant and keeping the players on their toes. It's a long season. The players are going to get tired, not just physically, but mentally. I don't think we appreciate for all the money they get paid, sure. But I don't think we as fans appreciate the physical drain and load, the mental drain and load on the players week in, week out, doing what they do, both in terms of training and in terms of game day. So if for any reason, not just, you know, they're off it, but just because maybe it's just physically a bit draining or mentally a bit draining, if their level drops even 10% in training, we have someone else who can step in. And that's fantastic because the moment someone loses their place, they're going to get that feeling of, nah, I'm not sitting on the bench. I want that back. Right. So I think we're going to see great performances from Tommy Yasu. I think we're going to see great performances from Tierney because those are two players who are looking at players playing in their position saying, I can get my spot back. And we've got players playing in their position saying, I'm playing week in, week out. I don't want to give that spot up. Perfect. It's exactly what you want. So I just want us to remember that as we go into the season and we see that we're going to have us a bench full of players. You know, I hear people saying, oh, we can't sign that person because what about him? Or if we sign that person, what about them? We can't sign that person to be a backup. It's competition. We shouldn't be signing backups. If we're signing someone, we should be signing someone who we think is good enough to rip the shirt off the starting player's back. That's who we should be signing. Because if they do, fantastic. Because either that player is going to compete for a shirt or he's not good enough. We move him on, we make a profit, we bring someone else in. That's how it works. So I'm really, I really want to, sorry, I had to go on that tangent because it, it's, it's, it's something that I will talk about more this season. But it's really important that people understand that this game is changing. 
it really is changing. It's not about the starting 11 anymore. It's not about who ends the game. It's about the whole squad for the entire season and having different solutions in your squad to deal with different problems you're going to face as you go through the season. And that's why it matters. You know, you may have certain players who really are only going to start five Premier League games, but those five Premier League games they play, they are pivotal to beating those five teams. And so they are therefore crucial to what happens. You may have a situation where you're expecting to dominate half the games you play. So you need to have a squad good enough to dominate in half the games you play. You get my understanding. It's very much not going to be a case of, is your starting 11 good enough? No, it's, is your squad is your squad good enough, deep enough, technically gifted enough and mentally strong enough to handle what you're going to face for the entire season? And for once, with the additional one or two more players, I think we'll actually, for the first time in a long time, be able to say, yes, we are. Yes, we do. And this will be the challenge for Arteta this season, I think being able to achieve the aims and ambitions of the club where there is no excuse. You have the squad. And I hate using the word excuse. For all the things that happened in the last few seasons, there were reasons. And honestly, and I will do it. I promise I will do it. At some point, we are going to sit down and we're going to have a podcast where we go through the changes that happened in the club in the last few years so we can provide some context to what's happened. Because I think people have seen the amount of money that's been spent, the players that have come in and they've just thought, well, you've got the money, you should be winning. I don't think people realise the reality of dealing with those changes on the ground. When you're the person having to have those conversations, go into those meetings, strategize, plan things out, execute, be on the phone. It's a very different thing. Just because you've been given the resource doesn't mean it's you can just do it. It's a difficult thing to do. And I do think that credit where credit's due, the club have shown Again, we've not achieved anything yet. It's early days. I'm purely talking about what we've seen so far, given the context. I think a lot has been done well. There's a lot that we can be proud of. There are some things where there are question marks. There are some aspects of things that have gone on where there are definite question marks and some questions for the club to answer for sure. But when it comes to some of the on-field stuff that we've seen and the progression of the side there, so far, so good. So I just want us to keep in mind that this is a squad game and it's becoming more and more of a squad game at the top level. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't mean I don't still want to see the people and the players that I really, really like and I'm really curious about. It doesn't mean I, you know, I don't... You know, look, the starting level we have isn't going to be starting level for the entire season, right? This isn't Leicester winning the league. This is going to change over time. There's going to be fatigue. There's going to be injuries, rotation all of those things. Let's just hope we keep the injuries to a minimum. Let's keep the rotation sensible. And let's just try and win each game and take each week as it comes. And of course, as we always say, enjoy the ride because it's easy to get caught up in the transfers and the outgoings and everything that's happening. But look, we all support the Arsenal. We all want them to win. So let's just hope the team does well and enjoy the ride because that's what it's about. It's about the football. It's about the fun. It's about the community. So let's just enjoy it. Anyway, that's it for me. That's all I've got to say for now. Um, we'll have another one shot before the game, probably tomorrow, if not Saturday morning. Um, and yeah, we'll just see what happens. As I said, people, enjoy the rest of your day. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, stay safe. Have a good one, people, and we'll talk soon.